Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, As part of my management training with the subsidiary in Tabards, I'm doing commercial exploitation. Well, I do work in the village shop for a 95 for a packet of obnobs. Anyway, Dumpty Dum, the documentary they make about me, is looking for a nice new sponsor. 35,000 listeners around the world, heritage English brand and as many tabards as you can eat. If you're interested, you can direct message Dumpty Dum on the Twitters. Thank you. Welcome to the Brizzled meeting of Dumpty Dum. It's lovely you've all come tonight, especially those that come from a long way away. Those of you that were late are forgiven. (laughs) We are in Renato's in Bristol in King Street and we are going to sing this week's Dumpty Dum when you are ready after three. One, two, three. Dumpty 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 Dum, Dumpty Dumpty Dum, Dumpty 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 Dum. Before I start, I need to update you with info on the computer hack that took down Dumpty Dum last week. Now, folks, um, at the start of the week, which would have been Monday of last week, I did mention this on the show, but I was somewhat kind of casual about it because I thought that the worst had been kind of behind us. Um, but, but basically what happened was um, a bit of malicious code had entered our website. So the hack basically meant that Azerbaijanis or a, a group of some Azerbaijani hackers basically had control of the site. And for at least two days uh, last week, uh, the site was completely offline. And for over five days, they basically, the site was infected by this malware. Now, we think um, that the site is malware-free. I've asked my hosting company. We've done a security search, and Jesse, our techie, uh, has been up till all hours trying to do this. And everything appears to be working. Now, um, whilst all this was going out, uh, Juicy Loose put out a little message on Twitter saying that I was kind of beside myself with worry. Um, So if you uh, follow us on Twitter or on Facebook... um, you 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 know you will have been aware of this and 
a lot of people gave us messages of support uh, who we're going to thank in a, in a little bit. Now, this isn't over, uh, folks, but it really does go to uh, kind of play up the fact that kind of two plus years ago when Lucy and I decided to do Dumpty Dum, we kind of accepted that we'd probably make a, a loss in terms of our kind of man hours uh, doing this, but we had no idea that it would actually that actually would take a financial hit. And um, and that's kind of what's occurred this week. So all the offers of support, financial, emotional, uh, etc., or even um, just actually physical support uh, from Andrew White in Maine um, has been absolutely brilliant, has really made me kind of realise, not that I needed to be drummed into me again, that, you know, you are, that we are a community and that you people do actually have our back. Uh, the issue isn't over um the fact that we've got the site back up uh we don't know where exactly the hack came from which bit of the site is actually vulnerable so we're gonna have to massively ramp up security um which again is going to cost so that this doesn't happen again and just to put everything kind of in perspective i know a lot of you will be listening to this via itunes or some other podcatcher but a third of our downloads actually come via the website so the fact that the website is down does mean that uh, the episode with Susan had much less listeners than normal because it just wasn't there. You know, it isn't just a case of the forum or the shop. It is actually the show as well. If you would like to help us uh, so that we can ramp up security, uh, please go onto the website, which is malware free right now. But we need to ramp up security and hit that donate button. Anything you can give us will be gratefully received. Um, if you've already helped, um, you know, thank you. We're not asking you to help again but we'd just like to give you a proper big up. And here are the list of people who last week uh, rallied to the cause. Sarah Holland, Natalia Loeffler, Amy Louise Gilbert, Paul Rim, Glyn Fullerlove, Tracy Shevin, Douglas Faunt, Rachel Kennedy, Ruth Frost, Nigel Massey, Shelley Shokolinsky, Dwyer, Patricia Dube, Sarah Woods, Joan Smith, Catherine Jones, Diane Stokes, Andrew White, RJ Taylor, Victoria Cole, Mary Gillespie, Susan Greblow, Barbara Wiseman, Lonnie J. Bahar. Alison Johnson, Sarah Gleeson, Stephen Fahey, Jessica Diesel, Angela Barnes, Jahan Dewar, Maggie Wood, Sarah Passing, and Claire Asprey, Helen Palmer, Valerie Bayliss, Scotch Tweed Limited, Pam Crookshank, Leone Beavers, Claire Howard, Leslie Greaves, Jennifer Reba, Dean Rose, Amanda Hart, Felicity Ann Hope, Claire Wayman, Julia Hamilton, Sarah Evans, Janice Pope, Geeta Beecroft, and Nancy Dickey. Thank you all. Thank you, folks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we're not out of the woods, but we're definitely over the worst of it because of your kind help. We're but, still in the culvert, but we've got one leg on the <laughs> one leg on, <laughs> on the verge. There. Exactly. Folks, this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality darky drama that's centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the artisan spirit that is Royfield Brown, and with me are the illicit still that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our toxic moonshine, folks, is you... Now, uh, this week's Dumpty Dum is a reprise of last week's, which was the meetup in Bristol. And, oh, Lucy, mm-hmm. because of Tractor, our map, there is talk of one happening in Plymouth, wouldn't you know? Ooh! Yeah. I'm slightly concerned that Tractor, our map, coincided with the Azerbaijan attack. We're sure it's not that, isn't it, aren't we? No, 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 no. no. Okay. Cor- Cornerstones Labs, they, they know all about security. Okay. And no, 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 we're not, we're not, we're not blaming our, our good friends down there. But good. please, folks, if you haven't um, gone on to our map, you can do that by going on to Dumpty Dum, clicking on Tractor. I think there's a link there up there in the menu. Go pin yourself because you never know. There's probably a Dumpty Dumber just around the corner. And you can go and like go to 
that's a lovely thought. You can go to <laughs> your on, you can go to your local pub or coffee shop and just talk about the archers, or maybe one of Lucy's monologues and just have a guffaw together. Share a pastry, share a pint. <laughs> now, Lucy. Yep. Now that dum de dum came from our Bristol meetup, mm-hmm. but maybe. Right, you're a dum dum type person and you just want to do a dum dum all by yourself in your home. Now, if you're going to do that, how would you do that? That sounded dreadful, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Can I just say quickly, mm-hmm. I'm going to completely go off topic, but um, you, uh, you know, uh, you said um, uh, that, you know, we're being besieged by technical problems at the moment. Yes. It is not just us. For three days... Mm-hmm. BBC iPlayer had the Archer's Omnibus on the website mm-hmm. and when you clicked on it you got Alan Bennett's monologues instead <laughs> and I was watching with increasing amusement the frustration of Archer's people who were desperate to hear the uh, the Omnibus and couldn't and the last one was still a message from Suts76 to at BBC iPlayer and it went nope still stuck with Alan Bennett and his Yorkshire macaroons <laughs> <laughs> you would like to sing us a dumpty dum leave us a plot prediction or go on a whole day's shoot without blowing rob's head off then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on speakpipe thanks to cosmo for his podcast roundups to shambridges for her amazing voices and to derek for in the back bedroom as you will know derek and fat paul have been enjoying unfeasibly large <laughs> equipment at cape canaveral this week uh <laughs> Uh, you'll have seen some of the photos on Twitter, no doubt. Um, it was all going well until Derek asked Fat Paul if he wanted a close-up of a full moon. They were asked <laughs> to leave and the Orbit Cafe had to be shut while they disappeared. <laughs> I was fascinated by space around about the age of eight and nine. Got a telescope for Christmas and everything. One of the best yeah. Christmases. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I kind of knew me constellations, could tell you the, uh, you know, how long a Martian year was. I can't now, mind you. I was just fascinated. And I remember I said to Mr. H- Mr. Higgs, went round the class, said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And it was like, and at late says, I want to be a secretary. And uh, Jennifer, Jennifer said she wanted to be a jockey and whatever. And I said, I wanted to be an astronaut. And I was deadly serious. And I never get that look Mr. Higgs gave me. As if to say, oh, you know, you kind of like the, the, the bravado of, of youth. And there's no way a little black Aww. brummy is ever going to be rocketed to Mars anytime Aww. soon. No, 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 no. He didn't say you could, wasn't going to happen, but it was the look he gave oh, okay. me. You know, right. just he gave me a lovely little look to say, you know what, you're right. Of course you want you want to shoot for the stars yeah. and whatever. But no, no, it's just, just. but anyway, I still got that. That telescope I got in the loft somewhere. Well, he probably thought, like the rest of us, that you're on another bloody planet most of the time. Anyway, <laughs> you might as well just stay there. <laughs> you know what? I am a dreamer, Sorry. Lucy. And if I hadn't <laughs> I know, dreamt you, big, yes. we wouldn't be doing dum de dum now. I you know, mean ass? Pleading to the general public for money <laughs> to give us cash. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. We'd have been be rattling tins outside a tube station. With a copy of The Big Issue and a dog and a bit of string. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for peeing <laughs> on my little parade. Sorry. But anyway. You will go to the episode... moon, Royfield. You will. <laughs> Even awesome. if I have to drive you there. You will. <laughs> <laughs> on this week's episode, we have calls from Yoko Bear, who's feeling positive. That's nice. I love hmm. a bit of positivity. With a spoon. not very long, but he starts off that way. Oh, well. 
Uh, Witherspoon, who's cross with the wimpy trio, and Genevieve, who thinks that the answer is Rex. But first, before the caller in, is it's Juicy Lucy Freeman's week in Ambridge. <laughs> started the week with a new vet at the stables. She's called Anisha. She's Scottish, 12 years old, and specialises in equine orthopaedics. Shetland mm. ponies on crutches and racehorses with verrucas, that kind of thing. She said, I can only dream of living in a place like Ambridge. Don't give up hope, Anisha. The second you need a house, <laughs> one you've never heard of will spontaneously appear out of nowhere. Uh, Princess Adenoids has persuaded Rex to be in the show by bribing him with the prospect of a headless goose outfit that's been kicking around since the late 70s. Adenoids told him it was an opportunity for product placement for upper class eggs. Oh, goodness, yes. Rex wandering around with his hairy little knees nobbling out from under a big bird costume in sweaty nylon last worn by Fat Paul. We'll have people gagging for an omelette, I'm sure. Um, Rob had his first day. He bought an apple for Justin and said he was on top of the paperwork, up to speed and getting stuck in. Good job he's not being paid for making sense. He pointed at some wheat, practised his chuckle, laid out all his pens in order and put up the cardboard cutout of his mum he keeps in the corner. Mm. It's a life-size model of Ursula. He finds it comforting, talks to it, strokes it and sets it on fire sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Things took an even weirder turn when he turned up at the bull dressed as the Joker. Apparently, he had the costume of the psychosis anyway. While dressed as the Joker, he took a call from Justin, who offered him the chance to spend the day with a loaded gun on the estate. It was a good day, and it was relaxing for Justin, as Rob's wedged so far up his ass he could use him as a shooting stick. That mm. reminds me, I have to change my ringtone. It's the same as Pip's, and apparently Rob's. How bizarre. Does everyone in Ambridge have the same ringtone? That must be bloody confusing when they're all together. Is that mine? No, it's you. Is it? Whose is that then? Everyone went to the mm. bulls, a massive row on Halloween. The local pub is supposed to be somewhere you can relax and enjoy yourself and feel at home, like Cheers, where everybody knows your name. The bulls more like where everybody wants to punch your lights out. Stu- Susan mm. is still pursuing her dream of being immortalised by a photographer from that London, so she had a good old nosy at Brian and Jennifer's ruby wedding pictures, celebrating 40 years of happy marriage, illegitimate children, infidelity and underwoods. She complimented him on his cravat, but then slagged his receding hairline off to Neil. Maybe Brian should have worn his cravat like a headscarf. And poor old Jennifer has more crow's feet than a nature reserve, apparently. Susan wants their photograph to be chic, modern and sophisticated. I think they should get rankin. Rankin, I said. Susan spread-eagled on the bed, the squat dressed like a dead mannequin with Neil in a PV suit and electric blue eyeliner. Now, does this sound normal to you? A gym manager puts up a nude picture of herself on a calendar in her own workplace. Is it not bad enough that the women of Ambridge are leering out of calendars into people's kitchens without having them dangling over the reception desks of local businesses? Apparently, Auntie Cardboard went down a storm at the abattoir. Uh, Roy's hot date of tapas and wine and flickering candlelight turned into a cup of coffee in a styrofoam cup and a pasty around the back of Greg's. He liked her top and she commented on his system, <laughs> so it all went terribly well. It's good, though, because he's managed to find the only woman in the world who is as dense as he is. It was like listening to a couple of nine-year-olds. It was a cliffhanger. Yes, is she dead or alive? The way they wrote it, you just couldn't tell. Yes, that is what a cliffhanger is, you utter morons. (laughs) Roy's date 
said she wanted to talk guilty secrets. He said, oh, right, yes, which one would you like? The one where I dropped dog shit through the local solicitor's letterbox because she was Asian, or the one where I cheated on my wife with my 50-year-old widowed boss in a tent, then got pissed when she dumped me and stopped screaming, oh, oh, you mean like you like the Pet Shop Boys? Oh, yeah, me too, yeah. <laughs> Rob turned up at the auditions for Mother Goose and got the part of a massive turd typecasting. Toby Fairbrother has decided to go into the artisan booze business. He is just the type of twonk that goes around selling drinks in sodding jam jars at festivals with bits of cow parsley poking out the top. Oh, but it's artisan made and it's organic. Yes, but it's not nice, is it? It's more, <laughs> more expensive than a normal gin and tonic because it's made by some skinny herbert called Sebastian with a man bun and it tastes like it's been strained through a condom. But it's artisan made. And this is me saying this. I live in East London and we have organic petrol. We've got one step closer to uncovering the mystery of Brighton. Zane is Toby's friend and lives in Brighton. Zane went on a sort of a gap year, said Toby. That's prison. If ever I heard a euphemism, that's prison. Zane went on a sort of a gap year with his bitch called Chopper and got a tear-shaped tattoo. So there we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go on. (laughs) faces its imminent demise at the hands of donald trump at least we all died knowing the secret of brighton or if not knowing then making it up anyway the end (laughs) well well done you know an awful lot about the 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 inner workings of uh of people who've been held at her majesty's presser don't you how do you know so much about that world you do you know why or is that you trying to get me to talk about it uh i want you to talk about it um i have a friend who has been in and out of prison quite a lot and i'm going to do a new podcast soon in which he will feature oh has he got a teardrop tattoo he doesn't know he thinks they're disgusting darling oh all right and what exactly do they signify Uh, i think if you've killed someone yeah that's horrible isn't it Mm. i was marveling were you yeah, last week okay well i did do a little bit of marvel last week because i did watch doctor strange but i'm not going to have a diversion <laughs> so the people are like, oh, i need to fast forward this podcast by 10 <laughs> minutes <laughs> no 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 hold hold on everybody now i was actually saying to somebody one of your geniuses freeman is the fact that you you have quite a large breadth of cultural knowledge to call upon don't you yeah. So you can like you can talk archer stuff. You can do a little bit of literature. You can do kind of you know, twee English culture, culture, and then you can do kind of roughy tufty stuff as well. And you know, and all kind of tear top tattoos and stuff. And you just kind of did it again. I just, I just think so. that's pretty good, really. And then you're quite funny as well. So well done to you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> right now, last week in Ambridge, before we go into Call Rinners. Mm-hmm. Mm. anything stand out for you it was a bit of an odd one really mm. i kept I, I listened to it all this morning as is my wound mm-hmm. and i thought have i missed a bit and i sort of went back again and listened to it all again and thought no i didn't miss a bit there wasn't that much there it was odd it was sort mm. of i was waiting for the big thing and there wasn't the big thing it was everybody shilly shallying around rob which really got on my nerves apart mm. from shula but i love the way shula's voice gets quite shrill when she's <laughs> It's my bridal path that I can go where I like. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, actually, I can't. No, you're right. I can't. Sorry. Um, uh, what else did I think? Yeah, it's lots of kind of stories that weren't... Re- I suppose we'd had the news about the Nuffield Scholarship. We'd had the stuff about the d- 
date. We'd, yeah, I don't know. It's just stuff never seemed to get moving properly. Mm. Well, you do have to have like a holding week every now and again, though, don't you, to let things settle, to let know, all the little that, things happen, maybe. Well, I, I yeah, but I suppose that if we are to believe that Rob is going to that Christmas is going to come and happen, and Rob is not going to be. Uh, booted out of Ambridge by whatever means is necessary that I suppose this is the start of the next phase oh, of I Rob. I just thought that's where that vet is going to live isn't she? Ah. Lost yeah. some hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's Rob going to go? Don't know. Don't care. But yeah. anyway um, that you had him uh, his malevolence and he was kind of throwing his weight around uh, you know but also the toadying that he does with Justin. Oh that was... I loved that though when he <laughs> when he said to Brian, "Are you sure you'll, you won't feel out of place here, Brian?" You could Brian's waist. His, you can imagine his, his his sort of barber jacket nearly bursting with annoyance, <laughs> his sort of chest puffing out. I I know them. I know them, and I've they've been they've been to my house and everything. But it just it was such a ridiculous thing to say you know to to the local squire to say you know why why the hell are you here so he was obviously just trying to belittle the man so the fact that brian then took it on the chin vis-a-vis what he said about adam i would have thought says you know what shut up right you know he's my son blah 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 however he chooses to live his life it it was it was brian's conscious that that rob might actually have a point about this flipping no till whatever but no but he did a rather sterling defense of him by you know by saying that it has yeah. been tested and, 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 and said, i think he's right you know <laughs> no, but he did defend him in terms yeah. of he, he did a presentation to the board the board accepted yeah. it etc etc yeah. blah 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 but the line about well you know how he chooses to live his life you know and we yeah. know that that brian had a real problem when adam came out as being gay we know yeah. this but to all intents and purposes, has come round to it. So I yeah. thought you just says, you know what, it's my family. Yeah. Swivel. Yeah. You know, Brian is not backwards in coming forwards and telling people <laughs> what. And say swivel. <laughs> no. what, what what would um, a middle aged man who's a country Naff- squire actually? You'd say what? Naff off. <laughs> mm, well, he should have said something. Very disappointed. Other than that, um, did you like the fact that we were on the arches last week? Roy and I know Roy and Lucy. What a pair of wallies, honestly. It was I like think... having Key and Perky mic'd up. It's terrible. Well, because the thing is, you go on a first date, it's difficult and it is cumbersome and it is, this is not you as a as a fully formed adult in that first date. It's just not. You Both no. of you are, are performing and both of you are a, a little bit shy and reticent. So, yeah. You are going to talk about the pet shop boys and 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 crapola like that. You are, mm-hmm. you know. So <clears throat> awkwardness did descend. I just like the fact that a little a little slice of modern life had bit was shoehorned into the archers, though mm. she did seem um, I don't know somewhat kind of moralistic. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you should kind of because you don't know what anyone's backstory is is it? It, it, it do you and you and you shouldn't really kind of le- i suppose leap in with your what you do like and what you don't like and where your moral standards are before you've even you know found out what their mm. surname is practically well this is the thing and 
Yeah, I've had a couple of conversations about the kind of changing, uh, the changing cultural habits of it, say, of us Brits, uh, somewhat kind of being brought on kind of by online dating. And one of the things which never, ever used to happen, you, you remember back in the day when you were loosey goosey on the market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and let's say you met somebody in a pub or at work and they said, do you want to go out for a drink? They yeah. presupposed that you had nobody else you were going out and having drinks with, let alone having your leg over with. Yeah, yeah? none of the, none of this exclusivity. Business yeah, no, no, no. It was just yeah. it just take yeah. granted. Whereas are you, are you'd say, are you seeing anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if they said yes, you'd say, oh, okay, then might, no, and, 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 and you toddle off. Whereas yeah. you watch all this American stuff as yeah. a teenager in your twenties, and people would be dating, which didn't mean that they were exclusive. No. You know, and you also, oh, yeah, that's a bit of a wild world and whatever. But all of, all of this tindering, I know it's kind of like a bit of Americana. It's kind of crashed over. Track of it all, to be honest. That's a fair point. But the point I'm struggling to get to is the fact that she said all this way too early, as you said. Mm. All of that kind of exclusivity talk happens at least after first serious kiss. You know, first shag first something or another you don't do it when you're still sipping your first cappuccino together because it really you know it kind of number one puts you massively off off your stride and number two she came over as somewhat of a victorian moralist yeah though though the point she was making was pretty fair but nothing had happened i hadn't even had a peck on the cheek Mm -hmm. but anyway as somebody that for reasons which I won't go into, has acted uh, Dippy's toe into this uh, online dating world. Um, you know, I, I somewhat kind of understood uh, what what was going on. Though, yeah. Yeah, you're completely right. She shouldn't have laid down the law before at least known a little bit more about yeah. Roy and whether, how he'd arrived at actually being single. Yeah, yeah. But hey, in terms of just making the Archers part of 2016, I thought it was a valiant attempt and I liked it. I liked it. Though these bloody fair brethren, hmm, I don't know about that, Luce. But anyway, um, unless you've got anything uh, pertinent or pithy to uh, add to the fair what brethren. What do you think about Brighton? Do you have any more ideas now? Nah, nah. I, I, I'm still not that fussed. And I, um, and I'm, and I just feel... Obviously, even Max is annoying me now, and he was, I kind of warmed to him for about half an hour, but mm. I've gone right off him again now. I just think, oh, shut up, every time they appear in a scene. Piss off, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, you know, there are various uh, mechanisms to, to drive dramas, and, and you need conflicts between people that um, have a real stake in each other. And of course, siblings is just the most obvious one. But we, it just seems that this is just... A 2016 repetition of, of of the Grundies, and I don't know. I, I just I'm still not invested enough. Yes, Rex is the nice guy, but I still quite care enough. I'm much more interested in Toby as a character, um, but the fact that we're still led to believe that Pip has no idea about the reason yeah. why they've fallen out well, is that absolutely baffling. Bit when they're in the pub. He has a row with Toby, says he's got in Halloween, says he's Mm. going to leave. And then she says to him, oh, no, well, you and I will just sit in a corner and ignore everybody else and chat. And it will be fine. While her own boyfriend and his brother 
is in the pub. Uh, I mean, listen, loose crackers. It, it it is crackers, but I I just have to have faith in our script writing uh, gods that they're just you know going to deliver up um, a banger for us, a corker when it all gets revealed. A point revealed. would be good. A point. We'll settle for a point. <laughs> well, I, I want more than a point. I want fireworks. You know, it it is it's the season of fireworks. <laughs> We've it's, had enough know. of them. Let's not have more fire, fireworks. As I said, just settle for a point, a purpose. Fine. Hmm. We ought to have Genevieve from Toronto now, by the way, because she uh, talked about the fair brethren. All right, then. Uh, Call the Rinnerers is the first one. It's Genevieve from Toronto. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hi, it's Genevieve from Toronto. Genya17 on the Twitter. First time caller Rinnerer. I started listening to The Archers on accident after listening to a Neil Gaiman abridged book that was on before The Archers, and I didn't realize that Radio 4 just kept playing and enjoyed listening to whatever the Neil Gaiman book was, which I've totally forgot, and got totally hooked on The Archers that was on afterwards. The first episode I remember was when Kenton showed Jolene the ring in the pouring rain, and Jolene was just so happy. And I've listened ever since. I grew up on a small farming town in Ontario, and Ambridge is virtually the same. My thoughts are about Pip and Jill. I'm curious about the Fairbrother equation and the generational divide between those two. Jill is grinding an axe on the Fairbrothers. It shows her life experience that she knows a bad egg when she sees one, on how she judges Toby, especially, and Rex to a lesser degree. I understand Pip is swayed to the scoundrel, she couldn't make it work with Matthew, but she's willing to try harder to keep Toby at, closer at hand. I just feel like the pot is boiling with Pip to understand the difference of why you'd want to try harder for a Matthew versus a Toby, or a Toby versus Rex. And I really don't think that Pip sees that Rex is interested in her. She treats Rex like Josh. I feel like Pip will see sense and swing um, to Rex, and Rex will be able to convince Jill to put down the axe and see that all fair brothers are not created equal. Those are my thoughts for now. Take care. Thanks. I like the fact that you started listening to the archers by accident, Genevieve, just because you couldn't turn off. <laughs> you didn't realise that it just kept playing when you listened to an iPlayer. That's very sweet. Um, when she said that Pip couldn't make it work with Matthew, so that's why she's trying so hard to make it work with uh with with toby because she doesn't want mm. to be dumped twice she's because of the jill thing and everything it's going to be when she does realize that toby is an absolute dong it's going to be quite difficult for her to actually admit that because she has fought so she's moved him in too early as a as a gesture a defiant gesture she's backed mm. him up probably more than she would actually against her parents against her grandma you know against josh against everybody simply because they didn't like him so she had to make sure that she really did and that she sort of overplayed his 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 niceness when in actual fact if she took took a bit of distance and looked at it as an adult way she'd probably look at it and think no actually he's an ass i was right the first time um and you know she she's kind of got herself now in a position where she's sort of duty bound to because it's going to be a huge climb down for her now to have to say to her, no, absolutely yep you were right sorry massive knobber sorry sorry yes <laughs> 
and and mm. and possibly then continue with 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 Rex. But Genevieve reckons it's Rex that will be able to get Jill to put down the axe, as she puts it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how they how she's going to do the switch. It's tricky. The switch. You think she's at no that because that would be the Grundies all over again. Mm. Yeah, it would you be. know, two yeah. brothers yeah, fighting yeah. over a yeah. woman, and there be yeah. there can't be a switch. If they do that, I will absolutely burn up my BBC license, uh, <laughs> and it, it just no, 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 I, I won't, that cannot happen. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, it's nice to know that we have um, yet another listener from the great city of Toronto. Yes. Now we will have the enthusiastic and positive Yoko Bear. <laughs> Hello Dumpty Dum, it's Yokel Bear here calling from the rolling hills of Yokelshire. Um, I'm going to try and be a bit positive this week because I think sometimes I phone in and I just moan about characters that I don't like. So I'm going to turn it round a bit. I'm going to see whether I can find some positives in people that I don't really like on the archers. Um, so let's start with Alice. Um, well, you've got to say she is... She's enthusiastic, isn't she? She gets stuck into things. She volunteers for things, you know, and she she does kind of go around trying to get people involved and everything. So I guess that's a positive. Now, what about Toby Fairbrother? Um, well, you know, I th- sometimes I almost feel a little bit of sympathy f- t- for Toby. Um, again, he's like Alice. He's kind of enthusiastic, but he is a bit lazy, though, isn't it? But I said I was going to be positive. I think, you know, he's just trying to find his way in life and he hasn't really figured that out yet. Um, And maybe he'll find some way. Though I've got a feeling he might be just about to poison the village. I mean, you can't just... Believe me, somebody who knows the countryside a little bit, you can't just root around in hedgerows and go, ooh, look, that looks tasty, because nine times out of ten, it's not. So we'll have to see what happens there. But, you know, maybe we can look at him as, you know, just a bit of a lost soul or whatever. Oh, actually, who am I trying to kid? These people are monsters. I can't look on the bright side of them. Um, Much as I try, they just really annoy me. Um, Shall I do Rob? No, I can't even bring myself to do Rob. There's nothing positive there. And by the way, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Halloween. I'm not scared easily. But Rob as the Joker, God, I had nightmares. Terrifying. So there you go. I've tried to be positive. I failed. I'm sorry. Anyway, loved the Bristol meetup. Loved meeting everybody. And um, yes, that's it. That's my call this week. Okay, bye. Yoko Bear, the positivity didn't last very long, did it? You are right. You cannot just eat shit you find in the hedgerows or make drinks out of it. Absolutely. (laughs) When I was in uh, Norfolk last week, we had a little girl with us who has never been to the country before, countryside before, and we kept finding mushrooms and toadstools and fungus and things, and she was going, ah, you can eat this then. And we were going, no, don't touch it. <laughs> it's just made me think, you know, it's awash with things. You can't touch things that can kill you and everything. So, yes, the idea that uh, stupid old Toby is just going to go skipping around the, the, the ditches and hedges of Ambridge, plucking things out of the... Um, my hedges and transforming them into artisan liqueur 
is 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 a, a joke and possibly uh b- 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 life threatening um also everyone was saying on the twitter how long is it going to be before he blows the roof off rickyard with whatever the hell he's making in is illegal still and it is illegal because it is illegal still to have an illegal still um <laughs> And I was also very scared of Rob as the Joker. And I've had I had another nightmare about Rob um, after the Joker thing. Mm. Um, as 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 Bear did, I dreamt that uh, Rob was being absolutely appalling, and I'd sort of trapped him. I'd got him in my sitting room. I shut him in my sitting room, and I was saying to everybody, I was saying to you, you were in it. I was saying to you, and I was saying to all the cast members of the Archers, right? I've got him. Somebody called the police and they said, but but he hasn't done anything wrong. He's just horrible. You can't arrest him for being horrible. And I'm saying, no, 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 we know what he's done wrong. We know he's done wrong. So somebody do something. And they said, no, we can't. And I was going, I can't keep him in here forever. And I was starting to sort of lose my patience and get a bit panicky that I'd have to let him out and then he might kill me or something. Do you actually remember your dreams every morning when you wake up? Yes. Do you One dream or more than one? Well, we, I know we all dream, but I, ne- I never remember mine. Like, never. I, I sometimes... find it fascinating that you dream so much about the archers, let alone the fact you can you remember what you've dreamt. I, I I, I've, I've never dreamt about the archers before Rob. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. no, it's only Rob that's done it. And I don't Gosh. like it, quite frankly. I'd rather it went away. But I do remember them because I keep a notepad and pen by my bed because sometimes I wake up in the morning and I've had a good idea for a play. Uh, or a... So. Okay. Yep. And then you do that stupid thing of thinking, I'll just close my eyes again for 10 minutes and then you wake up three quarters of an hour later and you don't know who you are. Never mind what you were thinking about. <laughs> With a spoon. Oh, yes. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Well, to tell the truth, it's been hard to focus on the archers this week, as we've been a bit distracted by an election on this side of the pond. Speaking of presidential candidates, I'm reminded of another narcissistic and sociopathic bully who seemed to inconveniently arise from the dead, coincidentally or not coincidentally, during this Halloween and bonfire week. Yes, we must once again talk about Rob. After the last fortnight of happily listening to the residents of Ambridge standing up to him, including Shula's valiant attempt on horseback this week, we had the wimpy trio of Adam, Brian, and Kenton drop the ball. Yes, Adam and Brian have to worry about the contract, but when Rob made the snide remarks to Adam about his relationship and alluded to gay relationships in general, Adam should have stood up to him and then raised holy hell with Justin about Rob's homophobia. But no, he didn't. Rob then shows up at the bull on Halloween in a Joker mask. Kenton should have thrown him at on the spot. But no, he didn't. Later in the week, Rob muses to Brian whether Adam is up to his job because of personal problems. If I were Brian, I would have replied along the lines of, Well, Rob, honey, I imagine being an accused rapist would weigh pretty heavily on you just about every moment of the day. But no, he didn't. So residents of Ambridge, remember that a bully doesn't expect you to fight back. So when it comes to Rob, be prepared and do just that. 
I'll also be saying a little prayer tonight that the American public on Tuesday stands up to our bully. Fingers crossed, and I hope that when I speak to you next week, I'll be as happy as Pat and Tony were when they heard that they wouldn't have to memorize the visiting hour schedule for the women's prison. The wimpy trio, Adam, Brian and Kenton. Has Rob actually been barred from the ball? Not as far as I know. Well, he, he can't have been because he was there on um, Halloween, wasn't he? But everyone was saying he only got in because he was dressed as the Joker because they wouldn't have let him in otherwise because they thought after last time that he'd been actually barred. But he hasn't been. No, he hasn't been barred. Do it. No, no, no. We haven't heard from Jolene for yonks, have we? You know, I, I'm just going to go back. About... I, I'm going to go back a step or, or two here. Number one, right, every woman in the village is going to hate Rob. Okay, there's going to be no apologies for his behaviour, and you would have thought that Jolene, being the I am an upfront, strong, positive feminist woman, blah blah blah, would have at least had a bit of an aside to Kenton and says, "This shit bags in the pub." You know yeah, what? It's a, it's a it's a real shame we can't ban him, bar him. Yeah, you know, except just as an aside. Whatever. Well, if you've Number got one. one one customer that is going to piss off ninety nine point nine percent of every, of your other customers, you'd probably ban the one, wouldn't you? And well, rather risk the other ninety nine. But still, but still, you're going to that bit of rationality is still going to be verbalised to your partner, isn't it? Yeah. I, you know, I don't like this man. Many of the customers don't like him. He's bad news. If he puts one foot out of line, we need to bar him. Yeah, something like that. In yeah. passing, that conversation should have been had. And also, I cannot, cannot, cannot believe that Justin didn't turn round to Rob and say, hmm, tricky business you've been through recently. Um, is this not going to affect your work? <laughs> At the very least, right? Yeah. If Rob, and obviously the, the script writers are somewhat playing with us by saying that Adam's sordid personal life, you know, I'm not sure if, he, if he's up to then doing his job. Hello, yeah. Rob. Finger yeah. pointing back at you. Yeah. Right. Rob the rapist, can we? Apparently we can. Yes. <laughs> not exactly. This says quite a lot about Justin and maybe, maybe, maybe something's going to come out with, with Justin kind of going forward. But considering the way that he's been played, the fact that he's somewhat canny, he local PR and, and public opinion, well, it's the same thing, means a lot to him mm. because of business. Let's stretch credulity that he's taken Rob on, right? But still, come on. He would say, Mr. Titchener, um, please just convince me that uh, your impending divorce and the, the allegations that came out uh, in court are not going to have a detrimental effect with you talking to members of the Archer family. You know, because, <laughs> you know, because we have lots of dealings call with them. Me, call it's, me oversensitive, but you know, I would, yeah. I, I just, come on. Right? I know. And we haven't had that. No. no. We've had hello, Brian. I'm just saying to just saying to Rob here what yeah. a good shot he was, and isn't Rob a fine chap? Oh, yeah. he's just been up on raping one of your nieces. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, oh, God, that, God, he's a good lad. Good yeah. lad. I you know, think. and um, she got off because she stabbed him in the belly. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he's a fine shot, isn't he? Oh, come on. But anyway, <sighs> mm. anyway, uh, where are we? 
Witherspoon. <laughs> Is Witherspoon done? Witherspoon, yes, the wimpy trio. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have sadly let themselves down, I think. Um, uh, it's just impossible. Well, it's everything you've just said. It's impossible. As a situation, it can't go on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to drive Adam to resign, isn't he, or something? To oh, drop off. He can't. This man has got away with uh, the most heinous crime that can be committed short of murder. And we know he's a sociopath, so he's got no empathy, but just absolutely just doesn't realise. And the fact that he's so isolated in the village, he doesn't realise, I suppose, because now he has power. Uh, the mm. power as the estate manager, so he can kind of throw throw his weight around and stuff. Yeah. But I, I I thought with uh, with the passing of the trial, he was just going to fade away somehow, and you know he'd be run out. You know, pitchforks. You know, we, we said it before. Yeah. And I don't like this new phase of things because it's just prolonging things. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse the French, everybody, but the script writers, this is what they should have done. They should have fucked him off to to another to another town, another village, somewhere far away, and then he just turns up like a bad smell, as I've said. Like before. Hazel does, yeah. Exactly. When you hear exactly. a car in the drive, you go, Oh God, it's Hazel, yeah. you know. Don't yeah, want this man part no. of my archers anymore. No. Too much. Don't yeah. believe it. Go away. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and now we have a very sad email from Feek. Ooh, he said, okay. or she said, ah, uh, it's a he, isn't it? I remember. I'm just catching up and listening to number 136 on the way to work this morning. I love the interview with Mike the Merry Sounds Milkman like a and bust, doesn't it? David on the 136. When mm. Phil Archer Clap croaked. Clap omnibus. <laughs> when Phil Archer croaked, I remember mm. exactly where I was. I was driving into Colchester down the racetrack towards the Magic Roundabout and I was in tears. My own dad had popped off just two months earlier and the circumstances were similar. Mum found him in his chair. I've avoided listening to that ever since. I saved the podcast from that day and checking back, I have two others which I saved. One from two days later and one from nearly a fortnight later. I can't remember why. I don't listen to them again, but I kept them. This morning, driving up the A14, you gits played the scene where Foghorn discovers Phil in his chair. I was blubbing mm-hmm. my little eyes out as I was approaching Toys R Us. It was a great interview with them. It just made me sad. Feek. I'm sorry, Feek. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's very... It's very interesting, isn't it, that he would save other episodes and you know that they're there and you don't want to hear them, but you just know that they're there. So when you're ready, maybe you could listen to them Mm. when you feel brave enough. I do that with dodgy downloads off the interwebs. I I download a whole load of films and things like that. And I I go, I'm going to watch that one day. I never do. Never (laughs) do. If I don't watch it there, I'm never going to watch it. But it's nothing to do with um, with 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 the deceased, is it? With a, with a dead person, it's just mm. you just don't get round to it. No, I just don't get round to it. But I uh, maybe I'm just not very sentimental. But I can't think of you know what I realise, right? And nobody has passed away from me who. I was close to day in, day out. So 
So dare I say, if my mum did, the strains of Coronation Street came on the next, the, you know, the next day, I'd be bawling my eyes out again. Mm. Mm. My uncle that died I- in Jamaica, dare I say, it was a, an, a, an occasional uncle. You know, I saw him once every 14 years when, when I flew to Jamaica type of thing. So, I'd, so I don't have that visceral link with a programme or a book or, or a street or just something uh, yeah. and somebody's passed away. You know, I don't have that yet, thank heavens. Tweets of the week. After Millie Bell, maybe. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's really got me thinking that, Feek. I'm going to think some more, the other side of a couple of advertisements. Uh, And don't forget, folks, we're looking for a new sponsor. So if you want to get your message out to some 30,000 people across the globe, they'll all share a pack. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Passion for British things, in particular the archers. Uh, you should contact us and maybe sponsor our show. So I'm in Bristol and I'm with Auntie Jean. How are you, Auntie Jean? I'm fine, thank you very much. Roy Field, yourself. <laughs> Did you say yourself? yourself yeah. Oh, is that colloquialism? Yeah, it is. I, I'm fine, I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> well, actually, the colloquialism would be how best. And you say I'm fine, thank you. How best. I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> there you go, then. Now, um, <laughs> apart from being uh, an archer and a dum dum stalwart, yes. you have a bit of a cause, don't I you, do. that you're kind of passionate about. What I is do. that cause? Well, my husband has a very rare form of lymphoma called Waldenstrom's macroglobulinemia. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, there is a problem with the NHS not funding various treatments for this particular disease and this particular disease only. Am, am I allowed to say, but I thought we're about to invest £350 million pounds oh, a week yes, back into the are. NHS. So surely everything's fine with the NHS now. Oh, absolutely. Now. Yes, wonderful, isn't it? That bus lied and big time. That okay, bus okay. All right. So you asked Dumdy Dum listeners to do what recently? I wanted them all to sign the petition because we need at least 100,000 people so we can get it debated in Parliament. And um, what exactly do you want debated in Parliament? The fact that the funding has been withdrawn for stem cell transport 
transplants for my husband's disease and my husband's disease only, nothing else, just his disease. Plus there's a new drug that's come on the market which has been approved in America and in Europe but not in Britain. And that also needs approving for his disease. So we know that this drug works. We do know it works, yes. But the NHS have been too miserly. Yes. So you want people to sign this petition to put pressure on Parliament so at least there is a debate so it gets discussed. Yeah, so if we get 100,000 signatures, they then consider it for a debate and it gets discussed. So we need need all of you to sign as quickly as possible. And what we also need, Dumb to Dumbers, is for you to tell three friends to also sign it as well there's no point just you doing it as as useful as that is but please tell three others to go and sign it as well and i'm about to give you the url right now and that url is https semicolon forward slash forward slash petition dot parliament dot uk forward slash petitions forward slash one six seven four four one i'll repeat https semicolon forward slash forward slash petition dot parliament dot uk forward slash petitions forward slash one six seven four four one this url is also on the dum de dum page and on the podcast show notes thank you very much Royfield. love you there you go when you don't have a roof over your head build that wall Build that wall. There was Build nothing marked wall. classified Build on my wall. emails Build either sent or received. Build that wall. I Build am that humbled Build to have been wall. chosen by Build the Conservative Party Build to become its leader. Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention to. A former colony won the right to determine its own destiny. Hello and welcome to Mid-Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the ocean from the perspective of the other. Good day, everyone. What a very difficult time we Dumpty Dummers have had technologically. Um, However, I will get to that shortly. First of all, just a quick roundup of the forum, just to let you know that uh, the character statistics are are up. And there's also a gorgeous picture of Charlotte Martin, um, a.k.a. Susan Carter up. And uh, I can see why the chilli is on the table all the time now. I've seen her photograph. Um, In our forum, Maldi Rose has started a conversation about bad financial advice. She's also started one about Rob's job offer. Uh, and Toby on the way out, Rex will be the keeper. Cameron Chalmers has started uh, a discussion about vets and Alice Carter, and Kate Lyle is talking about the Charlotte Martin interview, whilst Mike Hatton is talking about Anisha Jacka, Jaya Kode. Sorry about that, Jaya Kode. So lots to talk about on the forum. I'm going to talk to you briefly about some of the discussions we had on Facebook and then get to the guts of this report. Uh, we talked about whether Toby is going to poison someone with this latest project. We, uh, it seems to be being flagged. And uh, we also wondered how the Christmas panto would be without any Grundy's in. And we wondered whether Linda is just not going to be um, happy. And with a spoon, as usual, sum that up by saying it's all going to go wrong until it doesn't. 
uh, Karen Cunningham said, uh, like a fool, I thought we were going to be done with all this nonsense when Lindy Snell resigned. And Leslie Green said, let's do it in the barn. Well, you don't tell Susan and Neil that, Leslie, because they will be. Uh, We also talked um, about Rob and wondered whether anybody in the village is going to stand up to the man. Uh, Joanne Smith said, I'm fervently hoping that Brian's talk with Justin will end with Justin completely backing Adam's growing scheme and telling Rob to back off about that. Um, As we've discussed before, it's all very odd that Justin, who says he wants to be part of the village, um, hasn't got the uh, temperature of the village um, and how they feel about Rob. Kate Lyle said, if anything happens to Rob, that it isn't a conviction and imprisonment for rape, it will be an outrageous betrayal of abused women. Jonathan Hartley, Brian's a master at dealing with his enemies. Tichinov won't survive. I hope you're right, Jonathan. Uh, Lisa Thompson wants to know why he's not banned from the pub. Apart from the Helen accusations, he was abusive towards Emma. Also, while I'm ranting, why would Justin give him a job? For someone so desperate to fit into the community, it makes no sense to give him the job. Scriptwriters are just dragging him out. Now I feel this story arc makes no sense. Um, and then uh, what I really wanted to talk to... Oh, well, sorry, one other thing. We also wonder whether if Rob got a part in the panto, would Linda return to discover the panto would now be a solo performance? And Alison Molyneux-Johnson said, Please, scriptwriters, haven't we suffered enough? Someone shove Robin a culvert. Well, I think we've been calling for that for months, Alison, and it hasn't happened yet. Um, we put up a, a couple of posts saying that the Dumpty Dum site was down and that it had been hacked. And at one stage, I just said, "Look, can we just send some hugs to um, Roy because he was Roy Phil because it was really feeling down about it." And um, you know, we all love Roy, and I just wanted to know: is there any, who's out there to give him a big hug? Well, here's the list. Pam Crookshank, Lynn Moore, Catherine Kavanagh, Jason Porthouse, Leonie Beavers, uh, Mark Everdon, D. Leary, Anthony Ogden, Audrianne Delgado, Cova Rubius, Tracy Shevin, Yehan Dua, Emma Williams, Dan Heller, um, Abigail Whidden, C. Rowan Jones, Claire Asprey, Nigel Massey, Sarah Passingham. Look, that's just a mention of you you are wonderful people you all got on there you've given Roy some love um think you've pepped him up a bit and not only that you've given you've made me feel really good about our community as well so look love you all you are very funny but you are also very caring so uh, i hope that you get involved in the forum and the website this week knowing that from australia i send you heaps of cyber hugs to each and every one of you and i didn't even get to name you all So until next week, you wonderful people, hooroo. Thank you, Millie Bill. That was tip-top and buttonhole, as always. Uh, Juicy Loose, can you hit us with some tweets? Christine Adgo said, Announcement, Mother Goose's son is called Jack, but for the purposes of this production, we'll be called Gideon. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Longdon said, if Trump gets in, the only hope for the world is if someone serves him custard. Tinned, preferably. He won't, he won't, he won't. We can't even let him think about it. Ellie Phillips said, Characters I don't want to punch in the face in the archers. One, Bartleby. Two, the judiciary. Three, nope, that's it. Um, <laughs> I like the idea of uh, not punching the whole of the judiciary in the face. Um, 
<laughs> Roses was talking about this stupid bloody artisan drink thing, the still of uh, Toby's. Um, she said, oh, don't worry, they closed the blinds. That'll help when the still explodes. Yes, and then they'll all have to move back into Brookfield, won't they? <laughs> Rex, uh, Toby and Pip back in Brookers with Jill. Hoorah. Mm. Um, and Joe, this is Tweet of the Week. Joni M. Mm. Uh, there was a hashtag started, the longest hashtag I've ever seen, 50 ways to kill Rob Titchener. And this just uh, was genius. Cut off his leggy, Peggy. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. It's good. Made me laugh. No need to be coy, Roy. Just get on the bus, guess. Uh, Right. Folks, you know the drill, but we'll run over it very quickly. Huh? Carry what on. was that? Are you still singing? No. Sorry. I was. Right. Smashing. Uh com. Go there whilst it's up and ha- and hacker and malware free. Uh we got a shop. Uh you can also go onto our little map type thing where you can see if there's a dum dum around the corner. Call tractor. It's com. It's awesome. Oh, and, and get clustering. And then really? get meeting. What, Plymouth. Oh, when, when they're all close together and then they go and meet Yeah, up. and you can see. So then you can send each other a tweet and say, oh, you live just around the corner. And So big cluster in Brighton and, and, and all sorts. So anyway, go there, dungeon.com. Um, iTunes reviews, uh, they're awesome. We need them. Please send them in. And in a few episodes time, we'll read a, a few of them out. That'd be smashing. This is the bit where I normally say there's a couple of ways you can help keep our show on the road. Uh, but I did that all that at the start of the show. So I'm going to pass on We've that. We've already done the tin rattling. Yeah, we have. We have. You've been uh, charity mugged, chugged. There you go. Uh, <laughs> at the start of the show. Uh, remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe um, on our website. Or you can call us on 0203031305 to leave us a telephonic message. On social media, you can find us specifically on Twitter. We're at dumdumme. I'm at Royfield. Harry is at Sandwiches. And I am at Lucy V. Freeman. On the book of face, you can find us by simply typing in dumdumme and join in with the fun, which is orchestrated by one uh, Millie Bell, because she's awesome and she does all of that. There you go. That's just about us on social media on the interwebs and uh it's uh just left for me to say lucy mm-hmm. is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners before we sign off for this week only only good luck america <laughs> you're going to bloody need it <laughs> well mm. yes i i would like to echo those sentiments and uh, and just uh, and I suppose at this point we should just sing the last bangled banner, shouldn't we? Show our yes. support. Yes. After you. Are you wearing the star spangled, the sparse tangled wife fronts I sent? Uh, on my head, yes. It's the reason why. Were they this, a bit tight my... around the crotch? I wasn't sure what size. <laughs> well, you need. Sorry, you know, extra, extra, extra large, Lucy. Surely, surely. <laughs> Um, not wearing the pants that you sent because you didn't send any and because I don't know the words to the Star Bangled Banner though I can tell you something though 
Do you know what? when? Uh, do you know when that uh, little ditty was penned? No. 1812-1814 war against who do you think the Americans were fighting? Themselves, usually. Well, they do quite a lot of that, but actually us. Oh. And it was um, a lawyer outside of Baltimore who uh, who watched as the British were shelling uh, Washington. And, you know, we kind of invaded Washington, actually burnt down the White House. You went, you know what, yeah. you American fuckers, we're going to burn the place down. He anyway, thought, while I'm watching this, I'm going to spangle a banner. So it was night time and the British are selling Washington. And with the flashes of light, it could see the American flag still flying there. That's oh. what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the bloke who, who wrote that, and it didn't become, and it was a poem. And it didn't become the national anthem for about another hundred plus years. It's only about, about 1920 it actually became the national anthem of, of America. He was a thoroughly unpleasant, racist piece of no goodness. But anyway, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. You just It's one of those things where most people don't know too much about him. and But the story is very kind of romantic and evocative. And, it, and it's, it's exactly that, that, you know, he's thought, well, the British is just a, just a matter of time before we get invaded and they're going to take over and and then the shedding stops and the sun sunlight comes up and the star spangled banner is still there you know mm-hmm. so and he writes this uh moving poem but yeah he believed in slavery the superior white people and all sorts and was oh just it was a shit bag but he, he penned a decent poem i gotta give him that which is very hard to sing it's one of the hardest national anthems to sing it doesn't scan right at all but anyway can't blame him for that, I suppose, because he didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't pen it to be a hymn. It's just a poem. Right. And somebody else put it to music. So just saying. It's like when you go to church at Christmas and everybody gets the, the, the or they or they update one of the flipping tunes to the hymns and somebody always yeah. ends up with about four words left over at the end that you can't fit in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And half of them are speeded up. Somebody gets carried away and thinks they can do the descant. And uh, yes. So the long day wears on. In it, dull. Right, uh, I'm just going to sign off by saying I've actually started watching The Crown on Netflix. It's actually a bit crappy, but it's a bit good. Matt Smith does a very good uh, <laughs> Prince Philip. I quite like it. All you have you to know. do is be a, bit, be a bit racist and have your hands behind your back, don't you? It's easy peasy. Well, t- I tell you what, though. You really do see in him the fact that he's so kind of like gung-ho and kind of energetic and like very blasé about things. You really do see prince harry in him you just go yeah bloody hell well that skipped a generation yeah but that's it's yeah. just the same kind of like come on let's go at it Whoa! you know you know smile yeah. on your face just that's kind of enjoyable very enjoyable yeah mm-hmm. anyway yeah you watching anything before we go no probably wireless <laughs> <laughs> just listen to things on the wireless yeah i do the home service <laughs> ah, right, see you later. Bye bye. Bye.
sort of audio problems. You could see she pulled out her earpiece at one point during. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of Tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You,、uh, but you would not have known from her performance that she was struggling on any level. 